Hello all and welcome back to another episode of Playmaker's Corner. This is Request Part 46 and I'm going to be talking a lot of offensive players on this one and we're going to actually start in the class of 2022 in Billings, Montana. I'm talking about Dylan Zoller, the 5'11", I believe 240 pound guard slash tackle out of Billings Skyview High School and so you know, I'm going to start off with some of his strengths. You know, I've been enjoying watching this lineman film a little bit more. And Dylan is no exception. You know, I think that, surprisingly enough, it's kind of weird. Because at the tackle position, he's, I think, a better run run blocker at the tackle position than he is at the guard position. But at the guard position, I feel that he's a much better pass blocker. So, you know, you have a little bit of versatility. You're able to use him in a plethora of ways, I'd say. And... He would have some flexibility, especially with the competency that he shows at the guard position as far as, you know, pulling and knowing when he has to pull and taking all right angles whenever being asked to pull on, you know, power plays particularly. And, you know, when he does hit the hole on pulls, and he doesn't always, but I'll talk about that later. When he does hit the correct hole, he lands very solid blocks. He does get a good shove on, you know, linebackers on that next level, pushing him another four or five yards. And kind of taking them completely out of the play whenever he does get to where he needs to go on pulls. And, you know, on certain occasions, he has a very high motor whenever pulling and run blocking. On one specific play, I believe it was like a counter play. I may, I may be wrong. It was a counter or a power play. He blocks three different guys, you know, because he hits the hole and he blocks whatever the lineman is there into, you know, the tackle so that he can pick up that block. And he goes to the second level and he pushes the linebacker completely out of the play. And then even gets a piece of the safety on the play. Now, the play didn't make it that far. But I will say, you know, it wasn't any of those three guys that made the play. And it was just phenomenal to see that movement out of Dylan. And to see that, you know, proficiency, t I'd say, blocking that far down the field. I also want to say that, you know, when he is asked to, to pass block, he is a very smart player, I'd say, especially at the guard position because he adjusts to blitzes very well. He knows where he's supposed to be. He knows how to make sure that his other, his fellow linemen know who they're blocking and he's very good at communicating along that front line. You can tell on the film just based off of where they bring the blitz and where he's able to adjust to. You can tell it's not only his, it's not always his first read, but he does eventually block the guy who he needs to. And when he does get into that pass pro, He's very low. He plays at a great pad level. Leverage is not something that I have to worry about with Zoller here. And, you know, his hand placement is also very consistent, I'd say, and, and pretty good, you know, whenever he's asked to pass block. And, you know, he's a huge part of why this offense is able to, I'd say, be a pretty, from what I could tell, a balanced offense in both the run and the pass game. And part of that also comes with the versatility that Dylan has. And, you know, I think he's going to be a huge leader for this this 2022-23 season coming up here in the fall or I guess the 21 season he's a class of 22 but coming up in the fall you know he's going to be an integral part of this offensive line and and a huge leader I'd say for this offensive line and will be a huge part of their success talking about some areas of improvement though it is a pretty consistent problem amongst a lot of high school linemen so it's not uncommon here to point out that you know his stance is Kind of whack, honestly. He stands super wide, whether he's at the guard or tackle position. And he doesn't always have a consistent lean. And so that leads to inconsistent get-offs. 
and it leads to slowing down, you know, when when taking off from that spot. And it then in turn affects his vision on blocks. And so, you know, you start here with this wide base, this wide form, and immediately right off the get-go, whenever he's asked to pull, it's not super fast. He's not a very fast lineman, and he doesn't get a great first step off the ball. Sometimes he even takes a false step, depending on how wide his stance is, where he ends up going backwards before he goes forwards, when really he, be shoot, he should be shooting straight out of his stance to the right if he's pulling right, or he should be shooting straight out to the left whenever he's pulling left, and, you know, get, getting to where he needs to be, because, you know, his slow stance or his slow get off, I should say, allows him, you know, forces him, I should say, to take steeper angles, to take more rounded angles as far as getting to where he needs to be. And in that case, you know, sometimes he misses the hole or sometimes he ends up blocking the wrong guy or on a couple of plays, he doesn't even touch anybody until he ends up trying to push the pile. And, you know, that's obviously a huge red flag. That's something that needs to be adjusted with you know, it's going to start with the speed. He needs to work on getting out of that stance and he needs to work on getting downhill and he needs to work on getting at a couple of plays. The running back beats him to the hole and that's just not acceptable, especially with the schemes that they're running. You cannot be having that happen when your lead blocker is getting paced by your running back on any given play. So he definitely needs to work on his speed and his stance. And then I think something that may help, obviously, if he's faster and, you know, getting to where he needs to be, He's going to make more consistent reads vision-wise. However, I do think that also putting in some work in the film room and knowing you know, who's going to be there depending on how the defense is lined up and stuff like that is also going to help him out quite a bit. Um, and one last thing, and this is a little bit on the nitpicky side, but it's something that I need to point out for both Dylan here and high schoolers in general, especially at the line position. Don't watch the freaking play, dude. Like, if... <laughs> There's a couple of times where Dylan blocks somebody and then he watches the rest of the play and then, you know, runs up to to wherever the ball carrier is getting stopped and pushes the pile. That I love. I love that he's trying to push the pile. I love that he's trying to gain these extra yards. I love that he's trying to help his teammate gain, you know, that first down or that get into the end zone. However, you, he shouldn't be in that position as soon because you have time to go block someone else. So before the pile is even developed, you know, don't wait for your running back to be on a one on three situation. Go make it a one-on-two situation where, you know, he may be able to get a few more yards even that way or, you know, just based off of where your position, you may be able to block two guys just from positioning. And so, you know, that's something where it's like you have a high motor. I know that you have a high motor, so use that high motor to go block instead of pushing the pile. I mean, there's certain times when the pile being pushed is all you could do, but I think it's avoidable a handful of times based off the film that I've seen from your huddle. And with that being said, you know, looking at outlook here for Dylan Zoller, I think as it stands right now, you know, he's easily a division two player just based off of, you know, his technique, I'd say when he does block and pass protection at the guard position is hard to come by these days. And Dylan Zoller offers great pass protection, especially at certain JUCOs where they're going to be really pass heavy. You know, I think that Zoller is a great fit, whether it's out in that California JUCO scene or out in that Utah JUCO scene. Those are some pass-heavy football scenes that are a possibility. And honestly, I think that those would be great fits and places for him to round out his talent, you know, at that JUCO level versus at the D2 level where, you know, he'll be a lot more one-dimensional, a lot more situational, and will take a little bit longer to develop. So I'd recommend JUCO. However, D2 offers, if you have them, 
those are solid too and obviously if you come across any d1 offers with decent scholarships definitely look into those you know what we say here at playmakers corner bet on yourself but i think right now there's still a lot to be shown from his senior year film out there in billings montana and you know we await that senior season film and wish dylan the best of luck obviously dylan zoller you are invited onto the show to clarify anything or to just talk football and get to share your story and that goes for everyone else on this podcast including this linebacker who i have coming up next stay tuned Hello, y'all, and welcome back to Requests Part 46, talking about Teresia Newton out of West Harrison High School in Gulfport, Mississippi, class of 22, 5'10", 200-pound linebacker. And Teresia, if I'm saying your name wrong, just let me know, but we'll go with Newton for now. And, you know, with Newton here, he is very hard worker. He's very dedicated to the game. He's very passionate. I checked out his Twitter. He's constantly doing workouts and his complex, and he's constantly doing workouts with you know, these certain camps and stuff. And so I applaud him for his work ethic. But I will say, you know, there's a lot that he needs to show this senior year before, you know, he really gets anywhere. And, you know, I'm going to start with the strengths first and then go into areas of improvement. I do think that when he is asked to play that D end or even D tackle position sometimes, but we'll just say D line, you know, he has good use of his hands. And you see this at the linebacker position as well. He does a great job of engaging blockers with his hands and, you know, he does a great job block shedding, I'd say, where, you know, he has a very viable swim move, I'd say. And, you know, he does a great job of, you know, getting those arms locked and seeing where the play is going and then being able to follow the play, whether he's on the line or whether he's at the linebacker position. He just does a great job of also, you know, being physical with these offensive linemen, with these fullbacks and, you know, engaging them fast and hard and you know being able to work through those blocks either through power or finesse i'd say and you know i'd say that's easily his biggest strength is engaging blocks and getting past them and you know i think that he's faster off the ball at line than he is at linebacker and i'll talk a little bit more about that in outlook but unfortunately we're gonna have to jump into areas of improvement here there is just a lot of question marks, a lot of concerns, and a lot of technique and fundamental issues that I have with Newton at the linebacker position. And first and foremost is he is a, now I'm just going to tell it like it is, call it how I see it. he's a horrible tackler. He either gets tries to tackle with arm tackles and constantly gets blown by or beaten, or he dies basically at the shoulder level or tackles standing straight up. He goes backwards basically on every single tackle attempt. Or, you know, he's catching the play from behind. And that doesn't speak a lot of volumes to me at Tackler when You basically need to rely on the element of surprise to bring someone down. And you're not exactly the first person who started the tackle. So that's obviously a red flag and something that needs to be addressed as soon as possible. And he needs to be working on that every single day. Working on that tackle technique. And just getting a lot stronger, you know. There's a few plays where he gets absolutely manhandled by offensive linemen. Just because, you know, if that finesse or power move doesn't work or if those linemen are just straight up bigger than him, he gets bullied. So, Newton, you need to hit the weight room and you need to hit the tackling dummies pronto. And you need to be doing that all summer because those are two red flags that aren't going to get you very far, if anywhere at all, in the game of football, in my opinion. And this is based off of 
his most recent um, highlight film, I might mention. But anyways, on top of that, at the linebacker position, he's a very reactionary player who, A, his footwork needs a lot of work. He takes a lot of false steps at the linebacker position, and he doesn't do a great job of accelerating or showing burst, I'd say, at the point of attack. And, oh man, I feel like I'm just really ragging on him. But this is stuff that you need to hear, Newton, is that you're a very reactionary player, and I think that you need to get in the film room and understand where the play's going because you don't make any tackles. Basically, when you're at linebacker, you wait for the play to come to you, and that's kind of unacceptable. I don't really like that conservative style, especially when it's the style almost every single play. Especially on toss plays, you're not making a tackle for five or six yards. In pass plays, you're not making a tackle until the first down, basically. And you're just constantly in pursuit. So working on speed as well and footwork and not taking false steps when taking off towards the ball and working on that lateral quickness is going to be integral if you wish to play football on the next level. Nextly, you know, I, I say that, you know, you need to put in some more work in the film room and understand what the offense is running. I think that's part of the reason why you're such a reactionary player. And your lateral movement and speed does not work at the linebacker position. I think that it fails you a handful of times, and this is another reason why you're constantly in pursuit. And you're kind of a liability in pass coverage. I don't see you ever go man-to-man, -man, So, and I can understand why your coach doesn't want to put you in that situation. And yeah, you just, you, you have a lot of work to do this off season, but one suggestion that I may make, and this goes into your outlook onto how you could change who you are as a player and change your reputation. If there is a stand up or edge rushing spot, I think that is the best chance you have of going to the next level. You have a decent frame for it at 5, 10, 200 pounds. You know, that's kind of close. I mean, you still have to gain a little bit of weight, but that's close ish to that Von Miller kind of frame. And you have a great first step off the line, and you do a great job of engaging linemen. And so I say if you work on your strength and, you know, just getting off the ball a little bit quicker, you have significantly less to work on if you're rolled down to a stand-up edge blitzer. I saw you get plenty of quarterback hurries this past year when you were asked to play that defensive end position. But I think it'd work a lot better for you if you're standing up and you just get to, you just get to fire off the ball every single time, almost like... Yeah, I mean, where you're blitzing on essentially on every single play, I think you'll become way more useful in the pass game. I think you'll become way more useful in the run game. And I see you getting the most snaps there at a stand-up edge rusher position. I could see you being able to use your athleticism a little bit more. And with a little bit of footwork, you know, you can build off of the finesse moves that you have. You have a solid swim move. You do a good job of even creating some sort of bull rush with the power that you do have. So on stunts, you know, you can be very useful going against centers and guards who I don't think will be able to keep up with your combination of speed power and finesse and i think that you'll just be a huge mismatch whenever you're asked to play that edge position and i think that's the best chance you have of going to the next level because right now i'd say that at best you're probably a d3 player and or a juco player who still needs to get a lot more snaps you remind me of a very raw kind of prospect in the way that uh, bobby is on last chance you season three which by the way if you haven't seen that Stay tuned because Simon Lehman and I will be breaking down some episodes of LCU. But anyways, that's all I got to say really is just stay on your A-game. And look for, look for that move and understand what those edge rushers are asked to do. And then just go do that because I think that your game already reflects the skills of an edge rusher. I think that that's the best path of success for you. 
But other than that, get into the weight room, get into the film room, and just grind this entire offseason like you already have been. But that probably does it for Newton here out of Gulfport, Gulfport Mississippi. Coming up next, we're going to talk about a class of 23 running back. This is Request Part 46 with your host, Cody Stoffer of the Playmakers Corner. And we have a running back out of Minnesota, I believe, at Owotana High School. Connor Grems, class of 23, 5'10", 190-pound backslash linebacker. But we're going to be talking about his running back film because there is a significant amount more of it. And we're going to actually start with areas of improvement for Connor Grems. And for Grems here, as you know, a sophomore or heading into his junior year, as one might expect. A lot of it is just things that I haven't quite seen on his film that are more question marks than areas of concern. And so one thing that I noticed about most of his film, not all of it, but I'd say 90% plus of the runs are toss plays where his heels are at like eight yards. And so that makes me wonder if that's an, if that's just how the offense is ran and how that's affecting his vision or you know if that is an adaptation made by the OC to accommodate his vision which you know does end up showing to be pretty good but I don't know if it's the exact same as vision from you know a back taking handoffs at four or five yards in the backfield versus eight yards and always being toss plays like there's the only handoffs are out of shotgun which is kind of weird but you know that's kind of a question mark that I have especially heading into you know a potential college outlook for him that's just you know something that is definitely crossing my mind and something to think about. I also think that, you know, when he does run, he does run a little bit tall at times. And so, you know, I want him to be in a more athletic position. I think that'll only help his power. I'm not saying that he isn't a powerful back, but I think that he could be even more powerful and just capable of even wider jump cuts and the like of that with playing at a lower pad level. I also think that, you know, there isn't anything more than screen passes on you know his sophomore year highlights so I wonder what his route running looks like and you know what his catching looks like more on the offensive side of the ball when asked you know to even run swing routes or running out routes or if they can run empty here with Connor Grimms and what his you know versatility looks like at the running back position that is a great question to ask especially in this past happy era of football that we are currently living through it's nice to have a running back that could do it on this will affect his value heading up into those upper levels and for those college scouts. I also don't know what he looks like in pass blocking situations because, you know, he does fake pass blocks for his screenplays. And so obviously that then affects his block and release capabilities. And if this is running back that I can have on the field for three downs, you know, because it's like, okay, well, if Connor Grimm's on the field, can we just blitz because we know that he's not going to go out for a pass or we know he's not going to stay in for pass protection or, you know, what do his capabilities look like that way? So, you know, those are questions that I will have for Connor Grimes heading into this junior and obviously his senior year, what the film looks like. And, you know, he doesn't really switch hands when running with the football. Whenever he's running to the left side of the field, he'll still have it in the right hand. Or if he's running to the right side of the field, he'll still have it in his left hand. So, I, and Max Preps doesn't have any reliable stats. They said that he only had like seven carries for a touchdown when he is a touchdown machine. So I don't know what his fumble totals look like. But talking about touchdown machine and talking about Connor Grimms, you know, he is a baller and that is for a reason, you know. He has 
He's an explosive one cut back who I think has phenomenal speed. And, you know, I think that he has a good quick burst of acceleration. I do think that, you know, on his, on his film, he does show the ability, you know, say what you will about it being super far away and about him being toss plays. That's a minor concern and it's nitpicky because the vision that he does show, a lot of his touchdowns are basically cross country or against the grain runs where, you know, he finds that cutback lane and he, he's not afraid to take it back inside and then take it all the way across the field for a score. And he does that multiple times. I'd say that he gets like three or four touchdowns that way, whether it's 40 yards or 30 yards or 60 yards away. He's able to consistently make those plays. He's able to consistently find those lanes and, you know, make the defense pay for, for what he can do and make the defense pay for his speed. You know, once he makes that one cut, once he puts that foot in the dirt, he has a very powerful leg to push off of, a very explosive step where, you know, he's able to just catch the defense basically sleeping because he's able to push it all the way across the field. And, you know, he does a pretty good job of being able to cut kind of back and forth and put the defense into, you know, a little bit of a dance, have him doing a little dancey dance and, you know, making plays that way. There's, and, you know, he has solid power as well because there is a couple of plays where he does lower his shoulder. I'd say there's one specific goal line play where I want to say they're at the two or three yard line. And, you know, it's a toss play and he does, he's like, all right, I'm going to just stick my foot in the ground and I'm going to head straight up field. And, you know, he gets into a little bit of a pile and he pushes two or three defenders backwards and, and scores. And so, you know, if I'm those defenders, you know, I don't want to end up on Connor Graham's highlight reel. There's, okay, there's this one play where he's playing the snow game and he gets to the sideline and this one kid tries to tackle him and he absolutely just plows through him. And, you know, then he goes on to be carried forward by another defender. And the cameraman is so wrong for this. <laughs> but it's really... <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because we care about all athletes here on the Playmakers Corner. But this kid gets trucked and the cameraman zooms in on the kid. Just laying on the ground. And then taking a little bit of time to get up after Connor puts in some work on him. So shout out to that cameraman over at uh, Owatonna High School for, you know, being rude low-key but anyways you know he has the ability to lower his shoulder and pick up those extra yards and play a bit more aggressively and you know when i don't have questions about his hands as much even though there's not a lot of pass catching film because the plays that he does make at linebacker or at least the ones on his highlight reel are interceptions where he does use his hands he does show some athleticism he doesn't catch it with his body and you know he goes up for one two and you know, I think that he's a very athletic guy who's going to be playing both sides of the ball for this team for the next two years and somebody who's an intriguing prospect, I'd say, on both sides of the ball. I didn't get to see a lot of his tackling film, and I'm talking about him, obviously, at running back, but he's athletic enough to make plays, and I'd say even arguably fast enough to be a safety, you know, and, and athletic enough and has good enough hands to play the safety position. So when you have a player that has that versatility on the defensive side of the ball and is able to translate that athleticism to the offensive side of the ball... And also, you know, find those lanes in the pass game when he does run those screen plays and pick up huge chunks of yards and make scores. Then, you know, you have an overall dude who's going to be able to put in a lot of work for this Awatana High School team. And I think even, you know, lead to some playoff success. I don't know anything about his recruiting story so far, but I could definitely see Connor Grimm's being, you know, eyeballed by a couple of those FCS schools right now and easily easily a d2 prospect easily a d2 prospect and you know maybe even a, a four-year or three-year starter on the d2 level and potentially a project player who does need to get a little bit faster he does run a 471 40 yard dash 
which is pretty good, which is pretty good, but I think he could do a little bit better. If he's able to chop that down to, I know this is all asking a lot, but he's, if he's able to chop that down to a 4-6, then we're definitely talking D1 time and, and the likes of that. So that's my outlook, strengths, and areas of improvement for Connor Grimes. Ultimately, just needs more film and a couple more areas. And, you know, if you end up snagging a couple of uh, conference player of the, of the years or something like that or an offensive MVP on your way out of high school, at least at the conference level or, you know, at the state level, then you're going to be getting some good looks heading into your collegiate years. But with that being said, we have our most highly touted prospect coming up next in Nick Moore. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to the last segment of Request Part 46 here on the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host, Cody Stauffer, and we have a three-star offensive lineman in Nick Moore, 6'4", 270 pounds, playing for Cincinnati Northwest High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, you know, obviously... You earn those three stars doing some things right, but we're going to start off with the things that, you know, if he works on them, maybe turns him into a four-star recruit. And that first one is that he does tend to get a little bit grabby and his arms tend to get a little extended, which obviously opens up the door for some holding calls. And, you know, these are things that are going to be called more and more as you go through the levels. And so, you know, I just want to advise him to try and keep those arms locked and keep them inside. He doesn't always do it, but it is certainly something to keep an eye on and something where, you know, I think he will get called for more as he plays if he doesn't address it sooner rather than later. I also want to note that his stance is super vertical. So, you know, very up and down and it leads to a slower get off than what I think he's capable of. I think that he needs to get a little bit more of a lean so he actually can like push off and be in a bit more of an athletic stance rather than having to stand up and then move. Versus, you know, just straight up firing out of his stance, obviously. I also think that sometimes, you know, and I don't know if this is attributed to the stance as well or if this is a consistent pattern, but I do think that he can be a bit lazy sometimes when blocking and instead of, because there are times where he is squatted down, he's in an athletic stance and his pad level is below the defenders and he gets underneath them and pushes. Sometimes he just punches his back when trying to get that low and you know it's definitely a lazy thing it's definitely a not on this play or maybe it's the matchup and I want to encourage him to get into the athletic stance every time because if you're hunched over you obviously increase the chances for the defense to get you off balance and for them to make a play you increase chances of injury I would also say because you're kind of forcing your back into a weird spot and using your back and arms for power rather than your legs, which is obviously where you want your power to come from when you're blocking at the offensive line position. So, you know, just to be more careful, more safe, and just more fundamentally sound and more driven, I'd say, than anything else. You know, I know that there are matchups that you could eyeball the defender across from you and just be like, okay, I'm going to win this. But I want to encourage you to treat every snap like it's, you know, like you're facing off against a four- or five-star guy. And, you know, so that way when you do get to those four- or five-star guys and you do get to that next level, you're ready for them and you haven't created bad habits, right? I also want to say that his balance could use a little bit of work, I'd say, because, you know, when he is blocking and when he is driving, which he does do very well at using his legs, 
Sorry, I keep mentioning strengths while I'm talking areas of improvement. But back to the areas of improvement, I do think that he needs to work on his balance and work on his core a little bit. Because when he is blocking and when he is driving people sometimes, he doesn't always necessarily have control of where he is blocking them towards or whom he is blocking to. And so there are a couple of plays in this highlight reel where, you know, he's driving the heck out of this defensive lineman or this linebacker, but he pushes them into the play because he's twisted so much or they've twisted him so much and he pushes them back into the run and the running back has to make an adjustment based off of, you know, somebody who shouldn't be there because he should be driving them somewhere else. So I'd say, you know, working on that body control, working on that balance and footwork obviously helps with that, but just, you know, get in the weight room and work on, you know, staying low. Obviously there's like squats where you do a squat and you hold for five seconds and then stand back up. So that may help you stay lower and use your legs rather than your back when you're blocking. And then, you know, do a lot of core exercises to keep that core tight when you're blocking and being able to stay more balanced and not get twisted as easily or pushed or, you know, have your pushes led into another direction. And then obviously, you know, the the holding thing, not as big of a deal, but just try and keep those arms locked and inside if you are going to get a little grubby with a jersey. Not saying that you should hold, but, you know. We all know that... um. You know, it's only illegal if you get caught, at least as far as holding goes. So, you know, just find ways to clean that up a little bit. But that kind of does it for my areas of improvement with Nick Moore. I really like this guy as a prospect, and I, I think that he has a bright future ahead of him. And I think that his offers are only beginning to come in. You know, I covered another three-star lineman in Rod Green, and I think that, you know, Rod Green is probably the best version of Nick Moore, and Nick Moore does a lot of things well, but still has some room to grow. And that is obvious being a class of 2022, I believe. Yeah, he's a class of 2022 guy, so he still has this fall season. And so with that being said, you know, he is an excellent puller. He has great speed for his size at 6'4", 270 pounds. He knows how to move well. And I think that's where the beginning of those Rod Green comparisons begins. It's just being able to be a very fast lineman and, you know, being able to kind of do whatever is asked of you as far as, you know, his ability to pull both at the tackle and at the guard position is very impressive. He does a great job of getting across the field just as fast from the tackle and guard position just as quickly. And he does a great job of identifying who he needs to block, sometimes even before the play. And he just knows exactly where he needs to be, whether he's at the guard or tackle position, run blocking. He's very strong. And like I said, he does a tremendous job of keeping his legs chopping and keep driving them. You know, those... D linemen and those linebackers, as soon as Nick has his hands on them, they're kind of done for, really, because they're going to get driven back, and there's multiple plays where he drives people 5 to 10 yards, and he's just a machine because, you know, he keeps those legs chugging, and, you know, he's going to continue to do that through his junior and senior year. That's a great habit to have at the offensive line position, and it's going to be a great habit, you know, going forward and whatnot. I also think that, you know, in the past game, he does a very good job of being cerebral and knowing who to block. I'd say even more so than Dylan, who I talked about earlier this episode. He does. He just does a great job of IDing who needs to block and you know being able to move according to that. Because there's this one play in particular that really stood out to me, where you know he moves to the right laterally super well because he realizes that he's going to have to perform a scoop block, and you know he does exactly that. But actually, as it turns out, it's a stunt right so he moves inside for this pass block and then realizes that the guy that he was going to help out with 
is coming around to the outside and he slides right back out and just blocks them completely out of the play and keeps the pocket nice and clean for his quarterback on you know a play that would i'd say trip up a lot of linemen at the high school level so you know he has that mental capability as well as that footwork capability of moving laterally very well in the past game he's super impressive and you know i think that stuff like that is what shows me that he's already ready for the next level already and you know that makes me super excited to see where he goes and see where his offers take him but you know with that being said his hand placement is also really consistent especially in the past game you know while his arms do get extended sometimes his hands almost never end up outside of like the square that is the torso of the defender and you know that makes him driving them a lot easier and it makes him staying on top of them and it makes the pass pro a lot easier to do as well because you know he does a great job of either bringing it to them in the run game or he does a great job of letting them set themselves up for him in the pass game and so he shows great patience and vision i'd say both in the run and pass game and yeah you know i'd say obviously you can't be hurt with that speed and i think that's why he's listed at more of an interior offensive lineman but i do know that he can succeed at tackle as well he just might have to be a little bit bigger and work on his stance a little bit if he wants to play tackle at the next level but you definitely have a great D1 guard here. And I think that that's reflected in his offers. You know, he has four D1 offers currently from Army, Marshall, Navy, and Wolford. So, you know, I'd say that, you know, those, this is just the beginning too. I think that he's going to get a lot more offers his senior year. I think that it's going to take a little bit of time for, you know, kind of that. And, and if you look at it too, like Rod Green, he's based out of Ohio as well. So, you know, you, you have this reputation of sorts of producing these great linemen with these great, with this great size and this great speed. So I'd say a word of advice from Rod Green, actually, you know, looking here at Nick's profile, you know, he's sharing a lot of his visits and he's sharing, you know, a couple of little things, but show that offseason work. That's what Rod Green did to get, you know, I'd say a lot more on the map. And, you know, if it works for him, I think it'll work for you. So just share that. You know, share what you're doing, I'd say, and work on, you know, just promoting yourself and creating this brand for Nick Moore, the interior offensive lineman who has three stars. Show why you're a three-star guy and, you know, just get after it and get after promoting yourself more than anything is what I'd say would help you in your best because I do think that you could be an FBS guy for sure and, you know, maybe even a Power 5 guy. I said a lot of the same things about... You know, Rod Green over there, who's now at Grambling State or getting ready to go to Grambling. And, you know, I think I just see a lot of parallels of opportunities for Nick Moore here. Obviously, I don't think he's as polished or as ready of a player as Rod Green is. But he's a dang good interior offensive lineman. I think that he's absolutely a D1 player. With that being said, that does it for request part 46 of the Playmakers Corner podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Those are our socials. And stay tuned for our TikToks that we post also to TikTok as well as share to Instagram and try and share on Facebook. There's going to be a lot more content coming out. I'm working on a bunch of um, TikToks that I've fallen behind on, including Rod Green. So stay tuned for guys like that as well as tuning into our previous request episodes. Simon released a request episode on Monday, Request Part 45, featuring some talent out of texas so make sure to give that a look and stay tuned for more flag football breakdowns more flag football content and interviews we have a very special guest coming up for you on friday and also 
you know, we have some QB1 breakdowns. So that season, they're on the last season of Netflix. They've slowly been removing them. So make sure to tune into that and be ready for more Last Chance You film talk and breakdowns like we used to do when we first started Playmakers Corner Podcast. So go ahead and listen to episodes 1 through 10 to kind of get a sneak peek on what we may be talking about once again with Liam Hughes. But that does it for me on this edition of Request Part 46. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to get notified for new episodes. Thank you so much for hanging with us and peace.